Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today is Good Friday. Good Friday. My husband said, why do they call it good when it is the worst day in human history? I didn't even know it was Friday. Right. Yes. And I mean, Lent has been virtually canceled, but this is the day, this commemorates the day that Christ was crucified and anticipates his resurrection on Easter. So this is the most solemn day of the year. You don't actually have mass, although Bishop Gomez in California televised the kind of reading of the liturgy and made it a plenary indulgence, which means... It's like a get out of purgatory free card. It's I've never heard of anything so That's simple great. to there. be. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. So I watched it and I really felt guilty because you had plus part of it was I had to be truly repentant for your sins. So you kind of have to like get down on yourself. And yeah. it felt terrible that I fell for all this like Lent is on hold thing. I really did. I completely gave myself over to the secular authorities cooperating with the church to stop mass. But there were a few things that I thought about, and I think it's, I actually probably should have taken today off, but I mean, I don't, I'm really, see, this is the thing. I'm not like really religious, like really into ritual and stuff, but for some reason I have this like faith and I love the sacraments and stuff. So not a tremendous amount of faith, but I, I do like whatever. I like to live it. I think it's a good way to live like my mom. So there are a few things that I think are pertinent. Um, for today. So I just wanted to start with, they're all talking about that coronavirus is the scourge and why did God allow it, whatever. And this is a dark time. This is the church, like yeah. the priest on the altar. And, and my, it drives my mother crazy. She's like, why do they care about this stuff? The environment, diseases, all you got to worry about is your soul. So, but but while he was saying this stuff, we we're supposed to get you like sad and freaked out. I was sad and freaked out, but not because there was some natural phenomenon that we had to deal with, but because it seems to me, if you put things in terms of good and evil and Lucifer is the fallen angel to fell to earth, I mean, the entire world seems to be in the control of powers of deception, which is the prince of lies is the devil, right? So these are powers of deception. Yeah. The doomsday clock was moved up to 100 minutes from two hours. This is the closest it's ever been. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's it's a spiritual doom because what they're also doing is they basically suspended Lent. We're coming on Ramadan. I'm sure they're going to mess with Ramadan too. Passover was this week. These are all times when you get together and worship as a community. God likes that. Well, so, communities are not getting together right now under the order of law across the nation because of yeah, emergency powers. That's true. that's true. So I just th- thought it's important that people realize that just like succumbing to fear and uh, acknowledging the power powers that be without scrutinizing truth is why the guys who crashed planes into 9-11 to the extent that that was that official narrative is accurate. They believed because they were told by their religious authorities or whatever authorities that they were doing a good thing. And I argue that you, you are responsible for the use of your reason, your ability to distinguish right from wrong and your free will, and that you have a responsibility to recognize, to at least try to recognize the truth. I think it's very hard to have faith right now, but if you had some faith 
in a higher purpose or God or whatever, that this is, you kind of really need it right now because I feel like faith in the earthly situation is clearly misplaced, dangerous, evil. But I think the bottom line for me is that people ask me what is the hope or whatever to be more positive. And for me, I think you have to have the courage to be an individual totally is consistent with my individualism as a libertarian. And I think of it this way. This is the analogy I use. So my daughter has a girl on her team, her soccer team, who's awesome. She's really awesome. She's recruited by Ivy League schools, whatever, to play soccer. When she's out on that field, she's playing her best. She knows a scout is watching her. So if like they're playing against a dirty team, she doesn't like start playing dirty. Or if her team is losing, it doesn't really matter. It simply matters how she plays. And that's all the scouts are looking at. And I feel like when people are like, you have to fight fire with fire or uh, vote the lesser of two evils, my position is these are the trials. This is the game. It doesn't matter if you win. It doesn't matter how the other guys play. It's how you play with the best of your abilities and talents. I try to live with that. I also noticed they said God so loved the world that he gave his only son, which means that we are supposed to care about. I think it means that we are supposed to care and fight the good fight. And whether you have faith or not, I believe that if you don't allow the fear to get you to default in trusting these leaders, if you just don't allow them to get you to be the one who wants this stuff blindly, unquestioningly, just because you're so risk averse for your own personal world, that if you just get over that a little bit, if you don't let them frame the question, if you frame it a little bigger, you know, in some, some like not purely comfort level framework that I think that's the best we can do. I don't know. I'm looking for hope because Easter is hope, but uh, I think this is calling for a higher level of, of uh, self-awareness. My mother has pretty much said, God is up in his heaven, you know. I don't know why you guys worry so much. Like, she's 91. Like, she has a little less to worry about, but... Yeah. They say that in times of crisis, the way that people respond, that's what reveals your true nature and true character is how we handle these situations. And you're right. They're definitely demoralizing people in a lot of ways. They're balancing it with a little bit of aspirational hope by leading people to believe that it might be over soon, but they have to have that back and forth conversation. I want to talk more about that in a second, but the fear, absolutely. This is a forced behavioral change nationwide that is being implemented upon us. And the... What's her name again? You said it a second ago, the doctor. Oh, Deborah Burks. Deborah Burks on the task force, the coronavirus task force. She speaks. But her, her specialty is HIV immunology. Very interesting. To me, is quite a tell. Yeah. She, she's the girl for this job, that's for sure. Yeah. Every day she gets, gets up and speaks. She's the one that admitted that. Basically, if you get shot in the head, she didn't use that mm-hmm. phrase, but mm-hmm. every death is a, a COVID death, regardless of how you actually die. She admitted that. And you forget your parachute on your skydive, but... Yeah, yeah, there you go. Coronavirus. <laughs> she was saying that behavioral change every day. Listen to her talk. She emphasized this is about behavioral change, behavioral change, behavioral change, and she nails that term down all the time. And she's absolutely right. This is a forced nationwide behavioral change project. And 
I think some of the effects are starting to sink in. We talked about how it has to last an extended period of time for people to change their behaviors because at first people are going to be clinging on to the old ways. They're going to be waiting to go back to normal. They're not going to go into that adjustment period. But once they realize this is different now, I have to adjust to this somewhat new reality. Then they start making adjustments after that. Some after kind of releasing from the old and starting to. All right, I guess I got to learn the new. Then we learn the new, and the new is modeled on television by celebrities, who we see videos from them. We hear Tom Hanks. We see people using Zoom, which is now the social media infrastructure of the coronavirus era. Which I saw an article titled like that yesterday. And so we learn what to do from all these celebrities and influential people, and then we gradually learn it, and the behavioral change starts to sink in and harden until it becomes habitual. And I think we're starting to see that habitual response and habitual thought process start to kind of embed itself in a portion of America. I've been looking at some of the polls and Americans is starting to shift are now starting to say, even when this is over, I'm not going to go to sports games. I'm not going to go outside. Now, this is not everybody. This This worries me because my husband's business is, is in live entertainment. And I just feel like that industry is going to be destroyed. Like I'm genuinely... I'm just worried. Yeah. I'm really worried. And then I'm thinking if I'm worried and I don't really care that, you know, like I I care about paying the rent, but I'm not like super materialistic and I'm fret about we never save anything. Like I don't worry about I don't know why. I just don't worry about it too much. I think because I grew up like my mom, you you know, all about my mom. There's no way she's getting you to worry about money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this has got me worried. And I think like people who worry about that stuff must be freaking out. It's the money, not the yeah. sickness. I mean, I'm surprised yeah. people are worried about the sickness. The sickness is unlikely to happen to you. The money thing is absolutely happening And that's to a us real all. felt pain that people are having right now is the financial... It's ter- this is why people jump off roofs. Yeah. Honestly. Like, imagine being a guy, have a, a family to raise and pay for the rent and you were stupid enough not to save any fucking money. <laughs> and now you're, you know, or you put it in the stock market and it's yeah. half of what it was. Yeah. They say calls to suicide hotlines are up. I believe that. Definitely. I mean, and that, yeah. There was an article yesterday, speaking of the way that they're spreading fear, and the article was about, watch this terrifying video that shows you how far a cough actually spreads. (laughs) And it's this video of a simulation of a cough, somebody coughing, and then it's just spreading across an entire, I mean, just far and wide. Everybody in the 18-mile radius is going to get a little bit of that cough and die. I mean, and then, of course, you find out later, there's no credibility whatsoever to this simulation, is what you find out later. To say though, since my kids have started basically homeschooling this online schooling, I mean, somebody always had the sniffles, you know, to put it in Cindy Brady language. Yeah, no one has had any illness whatsoever. Like yeah. I'm beginning to think, like, wow, there. You know, I was skeptical of of the viral theory, and I absolutely respect David Crow's research. I mean, he backs it all up. So, but he talks about very specific diseases. But there, I don't know what, and I actually think in the long run, like I thought it'd be good for us because we would then like eradicate all these diseases. I actually think it's bad for us. I think having immune responses and battling stuff with like white blood cells is good for you if you do it all the time and we're not doing it maybe at all. Yeah. Speaking of immune response, there was some talk of, and I haven't dug deep enough into this yet. But that some sort of immune response was being triggered in certain people and that that was what was causing some of the people that were dying to die. And I don't know. I don't know the details of that yet. I'm going to look into that a little bit more because that's interesting to me. 
that I don't know what's causing it or what's triggering it, but that's a talked about possible cause of death that hasn't really been in the mainstream conversation at all. And you talk about sneezing. People are afraid to sneeze. People Sneezing in public right now is a dangerous <laughs> thing. Blow their ears can get you killed, man. The, the, you got to run to a thing, corner and hide. It's important to know that steroids, they operate. What steroids do is they reduce inflammation. They're really powerful and like people love them because like your joints feel better and all people just love them. But the way they do it is by suppressing your immune system. Didn't I tell you when my son was in the hospital, it's the only time the whole, his whole life that my son with Down syndrome was in the hospital recently because he was using a steroidal uh, liquid on his, like he has psoriasis on his scalp. And because it suppressed the immune response and an infection got in there and like got a subdural, whatever, subdermal. And uh, we, they didn't know what it was. They had no idea. And I mean, I was sleeping on the floor of his hotel room like hysterical every night because it, he was just getting worse and worse. And it was just that. That's all it was, was that he got this terrible infection because he had an immune suppressant uh, medicine. How long did it take them to identify that? You know what it took to identify it is that we, it was a Friday when we took him to the hospital. I had taken him to his pediatrician and they misdiagnosed it. So all week we were struggling with it. Finally on Friday, I took him to the ER, went to the hospital for the weekend. And they said they were trying to get an infectious disease specialist to come in and they would not, nobody ever showed up. And on Monday, he just, my son was like ripping the IV out of his arm. He would not tolerate it anymore. Yeah. And he wasn't really getting better. So they said, let's call the dermatologist. And it didn't even occur to me that it was a dermatological issue. His whole face was swollen up. I had no idea what it was. And when I took him to the dermatologist, the guy was like immediately gave him Keflex, which was a different antibiotic from what they were giving him in the hospital. And it resolved almost immediately. You know, but it took, it was a week from the first doctor I contacted cycling through until we found the right doctor who knew what it was. I mean, it was an infectious disease. It was not an infectious disease. That's what they were thinking. It was infectious. Yeah. People don't talk about. I mean, it was an how, infection, but nobody's going to catch it from him. Yeah. Nobody's talking about how common misdiagnoses are. And the illness was iatrogenic from the first. It, he got it from a medicine he was using, and the medicine they were giving him was not curing his problem at right. all. Right. Yeah. It and, was really scary. It's with the uncertainty and no clarity around what this actual disease is and how it's actually diagnosed and differentiates and them classifying everything as COVID, the question of misdiagnosis. And that happens all the time. 12 million adults each year receive a misdiagnosis. This is according to a recent study by BMJ Quality and Safety. My mom was misdiagnosed for six months. People get misdiagnosed all the time. And, and that's not even being factored in. Yes, exactly. But that's the problem. And that can just make it all worse because you don't want that. But they, but that's why I always advocate, if at all possible, to try to be independently healthy, like really pay yeah. attention to like micronutrients and stuff and sun and sleep and everything. One thing I haven't figured out how to control, though, is the chemicals. I did buy that like $250 water tank, which I'm still waiting for because it's on back order with those giant filters that like take, I don't know, I don't know. It's a oh, you got a big water filter. Thing. Yeah, but like a big, it's like made, it looks like concrete. It's got like 12 layers. I believe it's one of the things that Alex Jones promotes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I just, I'm like, there's so many chemicals here and I really, I just can't, I don't know. Like I'm starting to wonder, but I, I just want to, like, I think if you, if we think more on health than on treating illness, you can probably avoid like the stuff, you know, getting so sick that you end up in the hospital. I'm not talking about strokes and heart attacks and stuff. I'm just talking about your your healthy immune system to fight things that come along. 
Yeah. I, I have other, a few things about this, like, behavioral change. Yeah, go So, for Fauci it. said about, like, never shaking hands again. Yeah, He's a huge jerk. I hate him. One thing I noticed is that, well, one thing is, like, my kids, you know, they're, they're talking about changing the online schooling rules so the kids will, like, not be in a class together. They'll, they'll learn at their own pace. So then that really is going to disconnect them socially. They'll never be with anyone socially. That's all, like, population control stuff. That virtual sex and everything is really a population control thing. Imagine a Another, baby growing up in this world, no socializing ever. No, it's not going to be healthy, but I think their point is to not have babies. Like, that's what I'm worried about. These vaccines having sterilizing side effects. I've heard many times of that. Yeah. But with these masks, can I say about this? Yeah, go. I'll tell you about this other thing in a second. So masks, people, there's some places that are mandating masks. And when you wear these masks, you look like a fucking terrorist. You cannot smile at each other. It really disconnects people massively. And the funny thing is, I actually looked up the law in Georgia about masks because they passed a law a couple of years ago. Oh, 2010. That uh, wearing a mask, hood, or device which conceals the identity of the wearer is an offense against the public order. And there's a few exceptions. Uh, Traditional holiday costume. A person (laughs) lawfully engaged in trade and employment or in a sporting activity where a mask is worn for ensuring the physical safety of the of the wearer, but that's only if you're engaged in an occupation like that. And then it says a person in a theatrical or Mardi Gras celebration or a masquerade ball. So none of that applies. The fourth one though could could be construed as applying a person wearing a gas a gas mask prescribed in emergency management drills and exercises or emergencies. So, but it has to be a gas mask. I want to get a gas mask and go try and cash a check at the bank. I just want Kemp to like do the mandatory mask order. See, he's recommending people using masks, which is is against the law. Yeah. It is not, there is no exception in that law unless, unless emergency exceptions apply to all laws all the time. Like every single law is suspended, which it appears to be. It appears to be. Can you imagine being a homeless person right now? Nobody, I actually no, nobody, I saw some cops and you're and I was like they're probably after that homeless guy for breathing. That fucking guy is breathing. Yeah, like <laughs> outside. The, the first day of the shutdown, or maybe a week after the shutdown, a homeless person gets up to go to their normal routine and nobody is there. Can you imagine? <gasps> oh, they're starving today. Maybe a few people with gas mask on are walking around. They're probably like, "What the hell happened?" <laughs> <laughs> right, they don't. Have they all have smartphones, by the way. I sat next to somebody at the Vortex. That like, isn't that the burger place? That's like adults only. It's like a bar. Yeah, it's uh, themed. Yeah, it's a little themey. So I went in there for the first and last time. And this young ga- young woman sat next to me. Tattoos. Total alcoholic. No, she looked like absolutely a bank teller, but she was a real like problem drinker, alcoholic. <laughs> and she was texting with her homeless boyfriend. Oh, interesting. Yeah, isn't that weird? So they all have that. But and and there was a study in LA that most of those guys like make a lot of money and are not really homeless. Like there's homeless and then there's panhandlers. Yeah. The panhandlers in New York City, are they make a lot. Homeless. Yes. Because yeah. cold there, people will give constantly. And it's a good sales skill too. You gotta have some brass balls to do that. 
Oh, it's awful. I yeah. really don't. It's cold calling in person. My kids think I'm a monster because I'm just like, fuck that guy. I'm like, give him a granola bar. For a while, I let the kids carry around a box of granola bars yeah. to give out the window. But I'm like, the guys who are standing here on the corner working this corner, the guy who can keep the other people off this corner, Yeah, that guy's got some power. Yeah. I ask them for money. I'm like, you have more money than me, dude. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. But I just wonder, you know, they, they definitely, somebody won that King of the Hill contest for them to be there alone. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. there's something going on that we don't know. There's definitely a, a government of sorts. An article popped up right before the show started on CNN, headline on CNN, this 115-year-old Supreme Court opinion that could determine rights during a pandemic. And the gist of the article is that in these emergency crisis situations, while individual rights and liberties are still considered any of them can really be suspended at any point for the purpose of safeguarding the community as a whole. And the case, the 1905 case, is a vaccine case, is a forced vaccine case where they forced some smallpox vaccines on people who wouldn't take them. And this case was used last year by de Blasio as justification to give people to force or mandate measles vaccines on people. I believe this article is featured right now on CNN because we're going to start to hear more of a public conversation about forced or mandatory vaccinations when these vaccines come out in the next six months or whenever they do. I'm so worried about that. And I don't even care for myself because I actually do suspect that it's about sterilization more than anything else, because like Bill Gates only goal in life since and I think he was a created person who was enriched, made wealthy. And I suspect this about George Soros too, made wealthy for a social engineering purpose like Soros was that um, the tribalism the uh, civil society, open society. Yeah. That was Soros's thing. That was his professor. So he was turned on to that before he got rich. And then he got rich by predicting currency movements, which they could have tipped him off, you know? Yeah. And the same thing with Bill Gates, like somehow IBM just kind of handed him the keys to the kingdom in his garage, or that's the, the anecdote I heard. So, and his dad was a Planned Parenthood guy, so he already had this cause slab, and all he's ever really prioritized is reducing the population. And, I mean, that's all he cares about. That Why else? You know, that's all he cares about. So, I'm worried. And what I want to do is, like, I want to get the vaccination and give my daughter the certificate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But he wants to do a tattoo. Like that you oh, get is that what it is? He was, the is a tattoo? Yeah. yeah. So he's going to force people to get tattoos as well as a vaccination. I don't. I don't know if it's a tattoo you can see. Oh, it, it's like it, invisible. It's it subdermal. Scans. Wow. Yeah, it scans. It's like a barcode. Yeah, they're talking about. This is what they're Fauci said that you should have a certificate of immunization because I'm just afraid my daughter won't be able to go to work. Yeah. If Show she doesn't papers, have yeah. this, and I don't want her to get it because I want grandchildren. Right. So I'll take it. Yeah, I don't want to take it, but I will. They're talking about putting all these technological infrastructure in before we can reopen. That's we yeah. talked a little bit about yeah. this yesterday. And just a final point on that: they let Tommy Chong go to jail for something they entrapped his son on. I think they should let me get the vaccination. You should be able you to take I mean? it. I should be able to take the. Did vaccination. you see the South Park where mom. Cartman was trying to avoid the vaccine? His mom was trying to give it to him, and he, and he was like a. a <laughs> Stuck like he was like a wet pig. He, nobody could grab him. He kept <laughs> and there was a rodeo, and the rodeo they would let kids out who didn't want to get vaccinated. And the rodeo <laughs> guy was a master vaccinator, so he would try and catch the kid, and stick him with the vaccine. Fantastic. Nobody could catch Cartman. Rodeos. They do have kids doing stuff like that. Not I've yeah. never seen a needle. 
Yeah, so Cartman's an <laughs> anti-vaxxer. They ride pigs and stuff for kids. Yeah. That's really funny. So I, I have like quite a few more items to get through. What do you want to do next? I wanted to point out this narrative now, which we touched on a little bit earlier, that what we're doing is working. Therefore, we must continue to do it indefinitely. It's this contradiction of messages. Hopeful, the, the numbers are down. What we're doing is working. But, 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 but you better stay inside because look what happened in Hong Kong. They thought they had it under control and then they opened back up and immediately the cases started coming back. So this is I'm more and more convinced that this is a dialectic. There's more and more information coming out, articles being allowed to be written. We should just set a time and date and open things back up and let the chips fly and take some chances. And the stats aren't good. And you're not being honest about how you're doing this. And yeah. you didn't make good decisions and all this kind of stuff. It's all coming out now. It didn't come out a month ago when we were talking. We started talking about this February 8th. It didn't come out like then, but it's coming out now. And it's going to, I think... Get them to reopen in a rash way, right. in an exactly the same unthought out BS that they did before, illogical, setting up for failure, and then you get 2.0. And what it does by having this conversation about it is, let's say a month ago, two months ago, they came out and said, all right, guys, canceling all sports for the rest of the year, all schools canceled for the rest of the year, and all of you have to remain in your house for the next six months, and you got to wear a mask when you come outside. People would freak out, and they would feel that was forced on them, and they would revolt. But if you do this slow, gradual, month-by-month process, balancing the conversation of, we should open back up, no, we shouldn't, here's why, then you can get the public thinking and talking about it, and then you can ultimately engineer their consent and advocacy until they actually beg for the measures that you want wanted to force upon them because you're calling the, if they actually go through a kind of like real life Socratic process and call yeah. the bluff of the freedom lovers. Okay. You want freedom. We're going to let the freedom win because we're America. And then um, let's see what happens. And then what's going to happen is freedom will be severely punished because it's a terrible idea and we can't handle it. I actually don't think government should have emergency powers. We, 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 I don't think that's the purpose of government. Yeah, I don't, you know, I just, I just, I, that is not the government. That's not in the constitution. It's not, it is not part of the contract if there is one, which there isn't. It basically suspends all rights, doesn't it? These emergency powers. Yeah, I mean, it's just not something you can delegate to the government because you don't have that right yourself. I can't go to your house and tell you that I don't think you wash your hands enough. Of course I wouldn't because you wash your hands way too much, but (laughs) sorry. It it takes a lot of time now to wash your hands right now. gets worried that I don't encourage people to wash their hands I do. I do get worried sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So I would just like to start and end every show with wash your hands. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I advocate washing hands. I do wash my hands to the point where they bleed. Yes. Not in the summer, but they bleed in the winter. So I just feel like there is, I just don't think that the government is empowered with that because I am not empowered with it. And and you just can't give them power that they can, they can exercise independent of our power because then they have their own interests and some yeah. individual or organization is going to use that power for their own interests. Your power, you know, you just can't do it that way. Yeah. You just can't. I saw a story yesterday. We, we were talking yesterday about how the 5G link to COVID has gotten its day in the light as being talked about because a couple of celebrities, Woody Harrelson, I can't remember who the other one was mentioned it in a tweet. They didn't necessarily advocate for it. If you actually read the tweet, they just kind of brought it up. Here's something people are talking about. that seems interesting. And I saw another article today about that. And the article should have been, should have seen this coming. But the article was about the 5G 
idea, the conspiracy has been promoted by celebrities like Woody Harrelson, appears to be <laughs> bot disinformation activity similar to the way Russian bots were spread in 2016. They did not say it was Russia, but they all but said it was Russia. And I am curious now if these uh, conspiracy theories are given their day in the light being promoted because they are going to pull Russia back into this story along with China now. Ru- See, Russia spreading disinformation think, conspiracies. Russia just isn't big enough to really have another Cold War with. It has to be China. I think they're switching. I agree. Like yeah. That. But I wanted to say a few like kind of admin things before we wrap it up. Oh, yeah, and yeah, also, so like I had, I have a lot about like what the Fed is doing, how I think it folds into digital dollars. I'm going to save that for the patron 15, although it'll come up over the weeks. So, um, while I encourage people, I actually strongly encourage people to become patrons. We've got so much great material. And if you're using podcasting dollars to subscribe, a lot of podcasts, I would say the majority of them, you could actually listen to at 1.5 times speed because they just talk slowly. Yeah. So we're giving like kind of turbo. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> turbo content. I mean, it's not, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Like nobody. I can imagine you on 1.5 1. speed. Pete Quinona says he listens, he listens to you on 1.5 speed. It's like speed? impossible to believe. I'm going to have to get the New York accent heavier so that he does not have the arrogance. I'll have to try that and see what it sounds like. <laughs> I want to invite him on one of our patron parties, our disappearing patron yeah. parties. So this is the thing that we're doing. It's just for now, it's just for the basic subscribers because the COVID times are bad, whatever. And the idea is that we're going to have one hour, two cocktails, no record. It's going to be like a Snapchat. So we're going to do that next Friday. But tonight, JJ Boogie, a big friend of the show, the, the, um, composer of all of our music. He's working on more stuff for our deeper dives and our interviews. He's having a live show. Fire and knife is him and his wife that you can get through his Facebook page. And I highly encourage people to do that. And also. What was the other thing? Oh, every week we're trying to, to the extent that we have interviews we do with other podcasters, we'll put the first hour in the regular feed and then just the full interview in the patron feed. So I feel like that's a fair compromise. And uh, that's it. That's all I got right now. And I got more stuff for the patron 15. I got some stuff for the patron 15 too. So I look forward to that. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that Patreon content, join at patreon.com backslash propaganda report and you can get that access to the DMB content that we post every time we post a DMB. We will talk to you guys next week. Have a fantastic weekend. Keep those hands clean and don't drink the Clorox. 